Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Modern Times Podcast. I am Ryan Scott. I am an editor-at-large here at Modern Times Magazine, and uh, this is our first episode, and we're going to jump right into it. I am here with John Guzan, who is the founder and editor-in-chief, I guess you would say, of Modern Times. I, yeah, you know, I think that'd be fair to say. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, because I actually, it's weird, we never discussed, like, what's your title? You know, we just sort of hit the ground running from the year or so I've been here. Yeah, you know, I mean... Someone told you, hey, talk to this guy. And so, you know, it's just been that way, I think. So. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. Well, it was it was a, a mutual uh, old employee friend got me in the door. And, oh, yeah, the microphones love it when you rub the two. <laughs> uh, anyway, so for this first episode, we had been talking quite some time about doing, doing a podcast and expanding what we do. And so I, I had come up with the idea. I said, okay, well, nobody really knows, you know, the, aside from, like, reading our content, what modern time started as what the theory was behind it and what any of that was and kind of what we stand for as a publication right so i had to, and you know you also have a rich history in doing this stuff so i thought well, it was a really good idea to get you to just talk yeah, about it you know i mean you know if, if anyone is listening to this then you have to kind of understand i know ryan wants me to ignore that the thing is there so <laughs> all right right the not totally ignore you know i mean you know we have to understand we do have an audience yeah, to yeah, a certain yeah. level but you know don't worry everyone we're going to keep it light and podcasty um, <laughs> but, you know, you've talked about it, and I agree, but, you know, the weird thing for me is to sit down and, and do this. So, um, you know, it, it, I, I think it's great for anyone who hasn't um, found out about us and if they're finding about us and out, out about us in a new way, then that's good. Um, and, and to kind of get the story about Modern Times is, 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 is good, too, because every, anyone who finds out usually goes, hey, that's really a cool thing that you guys have going on and and you know whether we've um, been able to take the kind of leaps and bounds we've wanted um, that they were kind of unrealistic expectations anyway so um, it's 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 great to have you be you know join us too at a certain point so now you know we have a really good team and I think you know it's 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 kind of one of those things where I'm driving in today going you know, maybe we should, you know, we could do more of these, and we could do that, and we could do this, right. and, and, and that's one of the things I think is 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 fun. It's nice to get the gears turning, but like you, what you just said is kind of interesting to me because I think that I hadn't considered it, but you said um, we have like these unrealistic expectations. But like it's like I've always said it's sort because of, that's sort of how I got into writing. Like I only really got it in here because I bothered like right. you guys <laughs> no. enough. But but. Um, and so, like I always said, if you shoot for the moon, you might get to space. Right. I mean, you have you to have goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so going going to that, like, from my perspective, what's great about this is, like, and we talked about this recently, was I've been able, like, it seems like from my perspective, because we never talked about the theory of it, but it seems like the good idea just wins, you know, no matter what. Like, if, yeah. I, if I pitch you something, and even if it doesn't matter, you're just like, great, let's go for it, even if it's something you don't understand, even if it's something that, you know, you seem to really trust that passion and a good idea will win out so did you when you started this because you've worked for years in, in publications and, and but when you started this what was your like dream and, and insane like you know like the the to the moon like okay. to the moon theory all right all right so you want like the uh well just the two you know the quickest pot but but like what because you don't just start like a magazine no no out of no. like a whim you don't just no. go oh i'm just gonna go here to start and I, you know i mean and I think I've seen the same thing that was the impetus for what really became Modern Times Magazine in you, you know? And, and it's in every good writer that I've always worked with or worked for or, you know, 
whatever the case may have been, but you know, you learn from a lot of different people. But as you go through the industry, and I think, and as you work on staffs, and, and you sit through editorial meetings, and you see how stories go from concept to publication sometimes, then you think, God, that was, <laughs> was that really necessary? Or did that really serve our readers? Or was this for this purpose? Or was it for that purpose? And there's all, you know, and I, I really think that perspective becomes something that you think about. Um, because sometimes, you know, you'll argue about a photo. I've been in those meetings, and, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and the truth of it is that everybody's right, usually. Yeah. You know, and so when, you know, going back to your question, that's part of what it was. It was, I didn't want to assign anything, and that was part of the idea. I mean, we have, you know, multifaceted goals. You know, we have sure. a goal to, to kind of be, you know, something that is... Um, a little bit more elevated than the than some of the content that has been in the Phoenix Metro, and then also to kind of reimagine it. I mean, we have that slogan, you know, we're, we're a reimagined magazine for for our modern times, and um, and that kind of goes you know, again. It's from a lot of different angles, but it also goes to looking at hey, we live here, we kind of work here, our headquarters are here. This is what we're always going to do. It's probably going to be all Phoenix centric, but we do live in the era of the web and if you're going to develop it just knowing what you know now you would say well we can do national too sure um because we're not just distributing in an area like you did even just 15 years ago even maybe even 10 years ago it was a lot easier to yeah like you didn't really i mean you could but you couldn't and and so you know when it comes back to again to go right to original question part of it though was to get to this place where we can be kind of considered that atlantic monthly you know uh, New Yorker for for the Southwest for this area, but then also to kind of take it like they have to being this national international sure. pace setter, um, and you can do that once you grow from a region, just like they did 150, 120 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to get there, then you also have to have good people who think in certain ways and understand that there's perspectives to everything. And I think to understand that even from an editor standpoint or from a founder standpoint or from a publisher standpoint, whatever, whatever hat I'm wearing on a certain day at times, um, even though we have more staff now, I still kind of fit in sure, sure. everywhere because that's a, you know, another concept which hopefully we'll get to at some point. But it's about trusting people, getting them to understand, hey, I like this story. And we, we did that this week in our staff meeting with that you know, that, there was a plus-size pageant. Yeah, yeah. Well, it caught Karen wild, by the way, plug for Karen. Yeah. Um, it caught Karen totally by, you know, she just got the fever. And, um, you know, yesterday she sent me, like, five emails. You know, she she called the lady right it after. And spoke to her, yeah. She was just yeah. like, this is cool, and, and people who I know are going to be interested in this. But I think that's what what I've noticed. What you what you like to do is just sort of throw stuff at the wall, see what sticks, and, and just, like, you like to facilitate, like, sort of passion and creativity and that, like, you know, you talked about, you know, when I was here, it was a lot more, when I first started, I think the idea was a lot more Phoenix-centric, but then I just sort of come from a place of, I started my career three years ago, when all I know was trying to reach the biggest audience right. possible. So I think most of the stuff I've started doing in the niche I've fallen into is definitely pushing toward, like, yeah. a national audience. But it's cool that you were just like, yeah, okay, great. This is just sort of, because you, you brought me in as like a news guy, and then I sort of weaseled my way into <laughs> being like an entertainment guy, and, and, but you just didn't fight me on it. You were just like, okay, great, you know, which I thought was like pretty pretty cool, yeah. you, you know. Well, and again, it goes back to what, you know, talking about being in those newsrooms and seeing people being pigeonholed or forced to doing certain things, sure. and then their work suffers. Um, they're not really finding story ideas that they like. And so, you know, it's like, well, we're going to create our, our vision and what we hope that we can get to. And that's, 
then we have to let people do those things too because sure. then they'll have passion in it and they're writing about it and you can tell it in the copy and hopefully then readers find it too and they find that you're bringing either energy or, or insight that, that somebody else wouldn't want as a job necessarily. I mean, it's a job we all need to get paid. Well, but, yeah, yeah I mean, you do have to keep that job mentality about it, but at the same time, if you care about the subject matter, you tend to... Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, one of those old adages of, you know, if you... If you enjoy what you're what you're doing for a living, then it's not work, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I feel like I I mean yes, it's work at times, but for the most part, over the last three years, you know, I don't get out of bed every day like oh I have to go to work like it's weird. like there's things I have to accomplish, but but you know because I did I just had like my three year anniversary like a few days ago of like when I just foolishly was like let's do I'm it a writer yeah let's do it <laughs> you know and I went like head in on it and uh, you know and, and modern times has been a big part of that but but a lot of the stuff I've gotten to do like I remember last year. We do Phoenix Comic Con every year, mm -hmm. and it was the the third year I had went, but it was the first year that, like, I was gonna make some money being there, and that blew my mind. Like, I was just like, like, it's not like I, you know, it's not like I was able to go buy, you know, like a Rolex afterwards <laughs> or anything, but but I, but like yeah, I was no, doing, yeah. I was around things that I love, I was doing things that I love, and like the stuff that you know, taking pictures of cosplayers, or like going to these panels was like work over that weekend. That's insane. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's it's, it can be a fun profession. I mean, you know, and that's. That's what kind of drew me to it. I mean, when I was in school, I, I, I got to interview uh, Bo Diddley, you know. And, Did you really? And uh, it was like my first real famous entertainment person, you know. And, and so I, I call, I get his phone number to his house. And this is before <laughs> sure. the internet, too, obviously. This when, what, when was this, like, give or take? If you, the, not to carbon date it. 94? No, no 90, kidding. 93, something like that. Oh, what a good time for that. So anyway, so I, I have to find out... Um, you know, to do research nowadays, you go into the internet and you go, out, oh, whatever, you know, just to find out more. I mean, any good journalist doesn't just assume, you know, you still Absolutely. do your cursory research no matter what. But back in those days, it was go to the music library at ASU and do, you know, additional research to find out what I, what, what to find, to learn what I didn't know so I could ask him. So I, I get the, I get his phone number from his manager and I call him, so this is my first real famous person I'm calling is Bo <laughs> And he goes, the person answers the phone and goes, he's not here. Oh, so and I like, go, well, you know, I'm calling from this publication. I'm from the college in Arizona, Arizona State University. He's playing in Phoenix. You know, I gave the whole, I tried to be professional. I was trying to be uh, a little aggressive to say, hey, I need to talk to him. Because, sure, sure. you know, it was promised for the cover of the college magazine, you know, at ASU. So I was just like, well, you know, I started saying stuff and, you know, really was selling it. I look, I need to talk to him. And all of a sudden I hear somebody in the background who I think is Bo Diddley go, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, no, no, no. I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. So then he gets on the line. He tells me, now I was ducking somebody. You know, some guy says I own money. And, uh, you know, I don't want to talk to the guy who owes me money. So that was my, you know, my first uh, entertainment story. Foray into... Yeah. yeah, you know, Bo Diddley's ducking people for money, you know, sure. so, you know, I mean, you can meet, I, you don't find, I don't find famous people very interesting, and even at that time, like, six months later, I saw that somebody had posted that up on a bulletin board, a, a professor that I had, and I went to go see him for office hours, and, um, I said, hey, I wrote that story. And he was just like, so? I, he goes, so I put, it up, I put it up for Bo Diddley, not for you, that you not wrote you, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it kind of puts it into perspective to a certain level. I mean, when we're writing these stories, you know, I mean, some people get lost in it. They think that they're 
they're famous like everybody else, you know, and it's, it's really just about, you know, you're a messenger. Yeah. And the better you can tell that story, the better you can weave that narrative and, 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 and give people something better, um, you know, th than what they can get somewhere else. I mean, Bo Diddley, I'm not the only interview he ever did, you know, it's, yeah. it's not like I got Bobby Fischer, you know, before he died and, sure, sure. you know, and I got an exclusive with him or something like that. It was, it was one of those things where then you got to turn it out. So I, I was able to turn that he was ducking people for money into a pretty decent lead, I thought. It was a good clip for me for a while. Got some. I think it got me another entertainment job. I think it was a, a, a lifestyle editor somewhere, some newspaper at some point for that. But you weren't expecting that. That's what's always. That's what I always think I like most about this job is like you went into that expecting a pretty straightforward thing, but then you get this weird angle on it. Yeah. And I think that's what's fun is you because people. You know, people that just go on, you know, because it's become such a huge part of daily life to just click article after article and read, read, you know, you don't really, and we don't have any sense of the audience, you know, we put it out there and that's it, you know, we don't see people, but what's fun about it is I might pitch you like, hey, I'm going to, you know, like that thing that we just published with the Doctor Strange writer and the guy yeah. with the short film, like that only happened because of Twitter, because the guy with the short film saw I was going to Phoenix Film Festival and tweeted at me, and then it just so happened that the guy wrote, but you know, I had no clue, like sitting down with those two guys and getting to talk to them, how that thing was gonna shake out, and it turned out to be so, like it turned out to more be a story about how in the modern era, just you can facilitate these insane things that you would never think, and it wasn't so much about this guy who wrote a Marvel movie wrote oh, yeah. a thing. It was, you know, so it's it, that's what's fun about, like, this job, I think, is you just never know what's going to... Yeah, you know, I, and kind of segueing into something that we hadn't talked about really before, I don't think, but um, Twitter as, like, a media tool. And, and I, I see, like... Because it happened, it was one of the first stories that we did with with something national. It was when, um, you know, long before, was, we, we just started, got going, and we decided to kind of spread out it was in 2010 you started modern times yeah 2010, yeah, 2010. I, yeah I, I got laid off a couple of years before that and my son was born and i found another job just because after like six months or so well sure um and um you know it's one of those things where the, you know when the recession happened they just kind of pulled the plug on my whole little division i had at a large corporation here in town and uh writing of course sure sure so um Anyway, so everybody got fired, and uh, you know I was one of the first ones, which was okay. You know, I mean, my son was born, so I got to spend time at home. But then it was just like, you know, I was working at this place. It was just like I had gone back in my career like 10, 15 years. I was just sitting in this little dark office every day, just writing copy. <laughs> and I was putting out two magazines a month by myself, basically just sitting in this hole, and it was like nine hours a day. and. I'd come home and I had a new puppy and a baby and a wife and it was great, but it was just like, God, every day I'd go to this whole, just like, we've got to do something else. So I kind of got all my old friends, you know, all these people have been laid off and changed and careers and people we had met. And so, you know, that's where we kind of put our heads together. But then, you know, everybody's got full-time jobs to go at and nobody has capital. And I happen to have a little, I had saved up to do certain things. So. So we just went ahead and did it, but you know, I I kind of want to get back to the Twitter thing really quick because oh, no, go, yeah. I just want to point out that I, it seems like to me, you know, they say, oh, what's up with Twitter? And especially recently, I don't know if you saw the stock price dipped again. Yeah, know? yeah. But it's like media loves it, I mm -hmm. think, you know, and, and it's for the instant relationship that you can have and you don't have to be friends with anybody. You can just start following hashtags. And I just don't think, I just think that, that media's bought into it and they use that they use a lot of the Facebook stuff for their personal thing too. 
And I think, I don't know, it just seems like you can get a, when I've sent instant messages to people on Facebook for stories, sure, those don't pan out nearly as well as when I do it on Twitter. Yeah, when you tweet to somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you found that too. I mean, you got that last story that way. Well, no, and it was the weirdest thing because the guy just because I was tweeting like I don't have very many followers at all, you know, and a lot of right. them are crappy bots or dead accounts, you know. But like, I just tweet about something, and right. somebody finds because they're interested in the same thing. You know, and, and so you just tend to, like, I, I sort of believe in that because it's all built around, like, communities around a thing, be it a hashtag or an account or something. Right. So, yeah, that was the only way that that even happened. It's, But I agree. Like, you can just message somebody on Facebook, you know, it doesn't mean anything. But if you're, it's something about the way that communities work on Twitter is different, you know, yeah. and, and I sort of, I tend to like it more. I it's think. like when you get mentioned. And, you know, I mean... I mean, Facebook definitely has its place, but uh, I think for a, for a journalist, it, it it is a tool. You know, it's like one yeah. of those things that's almost mandatory at this point. And a couple of times when I do the moderation at the at Phoenix Comic Con, I've reached out to people because uh, you know programming or whatever. You just get names sometimes. It just says, "This is who is going to be on the panel." Right. Good luck. You know. And you have to kind. And of I think if it. I wasn't a journalist, you know, with, with you know a couple decades. It would be kind of difficult, you know. I know some of these other people, you know, they, they, some of the other moderators have said, "How do you get those kind of questions?" And it's been like, when I, I, I rely on my years of experience, you research but, and you, yeah, yeah. But you know, some of them, I've I, that's how I've gotten to them. I don't know an email. I don't know anything else because they don't provide anything. So you know, usually when you're doing a story and you want to do that, you kind of just go, "Oh, I need this source." You'll find somebody professionally somewhere. You can find an email somewhere. When you're talking to writers or comic book people, it's it's a little different, you know. Yeah. Um, and so you know, it's I found that it's the you know I, I I use that tool there too, and people respond quicker. Um, you know, is you know sometimes you realize oh they haven't posted anything on their account in three years. Three yeah yeah dead they accounts. They might have an app yeah. or they just don't even they email the no, the notifications go somewhere else or whatever. But I think it's a cool tool, and I think you know. And that's why I think being in this business and doing this and uh, us having modern times, I think, to really kind of allow us to write these stories um, is so much f more fun than, than, than doing some of the other things that are out there. I mean, with niche publishing, it becomes, you know, who wants to do that? And I know that, like, you know, in, in the modern age, that's one of the, you know, we talk about the benefits and we can go out to this larger audience. Sure. But it's also brought by some you know, really negative things, I think, like, you know, you had already sort of mentioned it, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of stuff is boilerplate, no one's really being very creative, it's just for quick page views and leaving and, and video and people don't pay it's attention. It's all out of desperation though, because you started out as one thing and well, it costs money. Well, because I've been, I've been on the side of this where, it, and you know, I, in the past three years, it's really changed a lot, one of the first websites I started working, work, working for, I won't. Say the name, but they, they really you were. Don't wanna, you don't come on. We, this is your chance. Oh God, no, no, no. We could publicize how what jerks they are. Yeah, no, it's not even about jerks or anything. It's just about right. people having different theories. And what I got frustrated with initially was working for people that don't, you know, that they, they started. They thought getting into public online publication was an easy way to make money if you do it a certain way, and it was for a small, very small window, using Facebook, building up an audience and then advertising these click-through galleries that you could, you know, picture galleries that you could just get 50 page views for a single. And, and that Facebook has now really throttled down, you know, all these companies that had a million Facebook likes on their page. Well, now that particular article might get served to 
30, 40 people. people, you know, and they've really throttled that down. So a lot of these companies have taken a huge hit recently, like New York Times did a big, so, you know, it's not about, and, and, but for a while there, yeah, it was all, Facebook will partner with the big boys. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's, <laughs> but nobody really knows how all that works. It's like a big, you know, it's like a gentleman's club about how, yeah. so I don't think, you know, it's good to have a Facebook page, boys. but you don't need to like hitch your wagon to it. And that's the problem. A lot of these like niche publishers, they were like, oh, we're going to find this little niche that people like, and we're going to hitch our wagon to that, use our Facebook audience. And then that's all they had. You know, and I think that was yeah. one of the most negative things that happened in the last five years, which now is hopefully going to get weeded out a bit because they don't have this Facebook traffic to rely on. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's you know people want to read things no matter what. And, Absolutely. You know, I think it was just as much of a valid way to go about it. It's just that Facebook wants to capture the ad revenue, and you know, the stuff that I've seen with it, that they want to partner with these big boys that we talk about is that they want to take a percentage of the revenue that's mm -hmm. sold. And, and, you know, ad rates are so low for regular ad networks. So people have no idea. These people yeah. that are going to do these click-throughs, if they don't have established ad sales staffs, then they can't do that sort of thing. And it kind of also undermines ad networks, which is a totally, I mean, we, you know, we can go on about this forever. That whole thing is complicated, but the one thing I think it would be a good point for people to know is that, like, you have no idea how much web traffic it takes to make money. Yeah, if you're not selling if your own not, ads. Yeah, if you're not selling your own ads. But but it's a complicated thing. But a lot of, you know, a lot of web traffic still does rely on just your basic, you know, right. web ads. And, I mean, people don't realize just how much yeah. traffic it takes to generate money on the Internet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, if you want to just, just one person alone, I think, you know, if you're going to go on a standard ad network, you know, you, you have to talk it, about it in, you know, quarter of a million page views it, 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 yeah. just, to, just to just for them to keep the lights on in their place and for sure and, and you know pay their mortgage or their rent you know and and that's a lot that's that's a hell of a lot you know and so you know it, it it has changed the way things are but at the same time i mean that's why you have to you know look at it and go you can't exist i don't think in one platform and i think that's what most people understand is that you know you need to be a player in everything and um in order, you need to be dipping from every well mm -hmm. that's out there. So you're still got to stay alive in print, I think, to a certain level. I mean, and all the big boys that we talk about are still those guys that do somewhat of print. Well, yeah, like Wired is a good example of that. Yeah, or New York Times, yeah. you know? I mean, Washington Post, it's all these newspapers that still have that viability because they're there. Or Rolling Stone, too, is another good yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, and whether it all go away it shouldn't you know i mean it gets throttled back and we smaller and you just understand that but it it lends credence to the rest of the stuff that you do and it builds that audience like you said if you have facebook pulled back you need to at least be out there somewhere so you need to be giving out some awards or naming these top 10 lists right. or you need to have you know your magazine that comes out at a certain period of time so people can see it i mean you, you need to do that marketing which is all that facebook was right and it was kind of free marketing for a and while, now Facebook yeah, yeah. says no more free marketing. And so that's where, you know, Facebook does work. But then now for those small publishers who are barely making enough, rubbing the table. If, yeah, don't worry about it. But yeah. Uh, if they're barely making enough to kind of keep going and they're hoping that they're going to do it in, in the whole previous Facebook regime. Right. And then it comes along and you got to pay Facebook. I mean, Facebook's got reference. It's going to mess. Profits, it's right? going to mess your whole. Yeah. So then you can't pay Facebook to do the advertising where these other guys And you're going to lose your audience and, you know. But the, but the thing is, though, and I mean, for some of those good small publishers, you know, yeah. I, I feel bad. But a lot of it was like a lot of these really small, no-name, garbage, clickbait companies. 
And I sort of hope that that will like sort of weed out the week a little bit and sort of get rid of some of that, you know, because because there's oversaturation. There's too much. You know, there's way too many publications. You know, there's no. Yeah, well, that's why I was kind of talking about what I was saying earlier, and I really think it's it it becomes a a uh, the haves and the have-nots almost. Sure, I absolutely. Think, under this new yeah. system, and, and it becomes even more um, against the small publisher from rising up. And so, if you haven't been there, I mean, now you take away Facebook, where these people were able to at least make a living, and you hope that. They had there was going to be some redeeming quality down the line, or some of them could emerge together. Or you have some sort of organization where it's not just the same old people, you know, like the rich getting richer, which is basically yeah. what it is. And when Facebook, you know, turns its back on regular people because then they say, well, you're a company instead of a person, so now you have to pay. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's I mean, it's the American way, like everything else. And I'm all you know, all four people making a book, and you know, and you know, we can go along. I mean, I remember. You know, there was a guy that, uh, you know, who, who helped kind of in the early days with this and now is no longer with us. And, and, and I worked with him in a newspaper somewhere and he had a, he was a Friendster advocate. Oh, no kidding. Back in the so, Friendster days. You know, yeah. I mean, I remember seeing, you know, going over to his house and he was like talking with his friends back home through this thing called Friendster. And he's like, yeah, this is the next wave, you know, and he was only partially right. You know, and, he was and right so, about the idea, not the platform. Yeah, you yeah. know, and if you know, I don't know if you're old enough, and you know, we've ever talked about this with the old AOL days. It, it you know harkens back to like Facebook has just kind of inherited AOL, where you needed that one place that most people went to to say, "This is where I go to share things with people I mm -hmm. know," and everybody else is on it, and that's the biggest thing about you know adoption to those things, and it's you know it's it's like. You know, if anybody says his prayers at night, that's, you know, and whether you believe in that or not, and I don't necessarily pray every night, but it's just kind of a, a euphemism, but, um, you know, says where, you know, I'm the lucky one that it ended up being me. You know, it should be, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, I think. Sure, it's sure. like, you know, yeah, that needed to be there, you know, like, like Steve Case before him at AOL, you know, you were kind of, you had this idea, it was really kind of cool, but, you know, it, it needed to be there. And I think that's what, you know, you wouldn't have the PC revolution or so many people doing all these things or having this internet connectivity and most people just kind of live off Facebook. It's their portal to the rest it's of the world. to their friends, to their, again, that's where most people get yeah, their news what they now. read, you know, I mean. Again, you know, but last year they rolled out that sidebar with top headlines, you know, that changed a lot for. I mean, it should just be American online. I mean, that, it, that, that's what it is. I mean, it, it they really, call it Facebook. It, but it really is just. <laughs> amazing how but you know the thing is it's the weird thing is it is such a fixture for people that like you don't think about it but like you know because there's a lot of people that are pretty irate about you know oh well they're not letting me serve my things to my followers or my liked pages and i'm like yeah but they're a business and you can't necessarily you know you can't necessarily get mad at a business for saying this is how we're going to run our business you know you forget that you know you sign up for that thing and it's free and you use it all the time but it is a business hey i'm going to throw a short story um topic a little synopsis that I had um, just because for the hell of it because sure. we're having an informal conversation among friends <laughs> that is exactly what we're doing John with my boss who can <laughs> but I have this idea <laughs> <laughs> never never you know we're partners really yeah. I mean I don't know yeah. you know people have to want to quit really or else you know we'll always find something for people to do sure um, yeah, there's always something <laughs> yeah yeah um, that you know you can make the whole argument you know kind of the you know i love ray bradbury twilight zone that's kind of you yeah, know what right. i 
Right. You know, when I was uh, when I was a kid, and there was only three channels. Um, you know, Twilight Zone was like the, you know a beacon in the night to kind of alternative thinking or thinking outside. And I still watched. I grew up. I mean, you know. Yeah. So anyway, I love that kind of writing, and so I like writing those kinds of short stories myself. So you know, what if you know you kind of set a whole thing up, and you find out in the end that Facebook becomes Big Brother, like you know, like like in the whole story of 1984, how Big Brother came about, or how they had you know these little view screens in everybody's yeah. houses. You know, how did they get to that point? Well, at first they told you it was just to share with your friends. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a weird conspiracy theorist. It's just a story. I'm just trying to be creative. But, you know, I mean, you could make that sort of argument. No, but Obviously, it, it stretches that whole idea to the furthest most extent. The, but, you know? but it's not. But, but that's like, what satire sometimes is. But, but you're like, but even as like, I'm not like a big conspiracy theorist, but right. how crazy <laughs> is it to think that at some point, because you do have the a third of the world's population on your on your yeah, thing, I mean, you know, you know I, I don't think anybody's trying to do. No, that. I don't think so either. You know, because again, they're a business; they want to succeed. But yeah, but no, it was even like the new term. Hey, how else could you better succeed than by brainwashing your? Then no, by wait, brainwashing no, I'm just your kidding. Right, but no, it's like there was a the, the new Terminator movie for oh, as for as bad as it might have been. That was like one of the interesting things they threw into it was like you know the Genesis spelled weird was like a was like a a computer. <laughs> A, a platform system for your phone, and that's sort of what became um, Skynet, you know, which is what, you know, so that was like the interesting thing they threw in that, like, it was kind of a modern twist to it, you know. And Has that made its way to cable TV yet? Uh, I don't know about cable. It came out last summer and kind of bombed, but uh, as bad as it was, like, I had fun watching it, you know, I can't, I don't know if I could call it a good movie, but it was more enjoyable than I think most critics gave it, gave it a. Gave yeah, again, you know, I feel, I feel privileged to be in my mid 40s because you know i was you know that's an interesting statement. you have things well i mean no no i mean no i mean, I mean that no, because... we've, we've talked about this before you know it's like my generation got to see all these things that are still cool that people think you know they're making stuff out of right and it was like you know when i was a kid you know one of the first movies i went to with a bunch of friends you know first r-rated movie we got into by ourselves was the terminator yeah in the movie theaters you know <laughs> Yeah. So it's like, you know, then, you know, you get to see this progression of, 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 of things, you know. And so it's like, yeah, I know the Terminator. I was the little snot-nosed kid trying to feel up some girl in the movie theater <laughs> <laughs> while watching the Terminator. Aren't you scared? No, I'm just, I'm not a perv. I was young, too, for these people. Look, it, it's different now, but, yeah, that's the thing that you used to have to do is try to get a girl to go to the movies. Because we talked about this, though, too, though, that the age difference, you, know, you talked about being you know, like, happy to be in your mid forty. Like, what I find to be confusing about being, like, in my age, I'm 27. Right. So I have one foot in the old, one foot in the new. Right. And it's straight. I feel like my generation's going to wind up being a little fucked up later because, like, because, because we, you know, we haven't discussed Welcome something. to America. We haven't discussed <laughs> this, but should be cursed Every on. generation gets fucked up. Yeah, but, but I mean, but because of, yes. you know, I'm going to have one foot, I'm, I'm going to be so pulled, and I am still so pulled in two different directions. Like, like the other day, somebody came over and they were like fascinated that I still had like a massive CD collection. <laughs> but to me, that was how I, and that's how I still like to buy and consume my music. And but, but if I was even born five years later, I probably wouldn't really. I probably would have had a couple, but I would. Depends I, what kind of parents you had, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. My parents never really pushed me to that. I just found music, and that was. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know, you could have you know parents nowadays who would say, hey. Get your CD. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, Those throwback pair. Yeah, well, like I tried to, but, but you know, the only, the only, the only 
anecdote I can throw that says that maybe doesn't work is my little brother loved music growing up just about as much as I do and he's 10 years younger than me and I really tried to push him to listen to CDs because he never cared he didn't he just wants to find I'm going to download it illegally on my app or I'm going to go to YouTube or I'm going to whatever you know at least now he's on the Spotify train to so what's his IP address for the authorities yeah no, I'm just whatever. kidding yeah, I'm just I, kidding you know I was the unpopular kid in 7th grade I remember no. this well, sure, no, but but when everybody was downloading stuff on Napster for free, it was seventh grade. I should not have had the foresight to be like, hey, don't. You're do all going to go to jail. For yeah, this. well, not even the jail. I just said, look, guys, this is going to have negative consequences later, and don't do it. Pay for. Did your you have kids in your school that got sued for? Nobody got sued, but but um, I did have one kid. His his uh, it was a friend of mine in high school that or junior high, his uh, computer got like flagged. Like they, they flagged because he was he all just downloaded constantly. But for me, it was more about like the consequence that rippled through the industry because of it. And I was like, please don't do this because this is gonna affect things that you might care about. But anyway, that's way off topic, but you know, whatever. I yeah, guess. well, you know, I mean, y you have to have abuse, I think, you know, in order to have uh, order. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I blame the industry more than anything for not adopting and sort of saying like, you know, hey, this could we can sort of team up here and do something you know uh, where you know whereas the industry is still sort of fighting three levels of you know progression and you know but yeah. I th okay so like so on that subject though okay so you wait are we gonna curse I, guess go I was gonna say we should have talked about that but I didn't think no I think I think we have talked about it already yeah. I think we already did it I think we already set a precedent and I think it's a good precedent yeah it's a good I mean, precedent you know I mean we could talk about everything else but you know yeah. I mean what does the F word matter and why would you want to say the F word, anyway? Uh, like, you know, I don't know. What are what, we on Sesame Street? I, I, yeah, I guess. But, but no, but, but no, it's, would they say F word on Sesame Street? Probably not. I don't know. I haven't watched for quite some time. But uh, but like foul language too is like a weird thing. Is like we care so much about foul foul language, foul language, or <laughs> like yeah, no, I know, like foul language. You mean like chickens talking? Well, like, no, like what people would call foul language. A <laughs> or, or you know, like or, or or sex stuff, but like, well, like violence doesn't matter. You know, I still it doesn't like to people like a, right. kid, a parent will let yeah. their kid watch. My wife day. tells me that all the time. She's like, "How come um, things are rated this way for my son? Because there's a girl in her underwear, and he can't see that. Yet he can watch. But he can watch. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, you know, we're watching like a baseball game or some sporting event, and all of a sudden there comes a a, a, a movie trailer." Right. You know, and there's like some guy getting shot. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And that's just a trailer that anyone can see. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, hey, I think, you know, boobs over brains, I guess. Maybe that should be your slogan. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe Instead of cosplay is not consent. Cosplay is not consent. We'll get into that later. Um, yeah, but. How long have we been talking now? Uh, about, about, about 35 minutes. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up here shortly. No. Oh, oh, I know. I'm, I'm getting tired of talking to you, John. No, I'm just kidding. But, but, uh, but no, this interesting because we, you know. Hey, hey, what, wait, wait, wait. What? Before, I, mean, I just had a, I had a brilliant idea. Did you? Okay, great. I'm curious. What is the world's record longest podcast? I actually don't know. Uh, I know that there's like a record for like most episodes. I think Adam Carolla right now because he does four a week. And he's been, the, oh. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. We already, we already said it like three times. Forget the, the, yeah, forget the episodes. It. Yeah, but I don't know what the long... Because the only thing I know, there's this guy, Dan Carlin. He does one called Hardcore History, and his episodes will regularly go, like, six hours, like, four or six. five. Four or five, six. Like, he really... Because he does these insane, in-depth, like... Don't you think six hours seems a little... It does, but the, way, but the way people... A little weak. Don't a little weak. Yeah, we, we could do better. <laughs> no, I actually don't know. That's an interesting, an interesting thought. 
Um, I, I tend to I tend to think because I listen to a lot of them like that hour range is just just right in the sweet spot depending on depending on who you're talking to depending on what it is depending on you know I, I tend to think that sort of I mean wouldn't it be kind of neat to uh, be the the world record holder for or like the Steph Curry of podcasts Steph Curry of podcasts I mean do you follow basketball uh, I know who Stephen Curry is yeah 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 so you know he uh, uh I know enough. I know enough about basketball to know who Stephen Curry is. Yeah, so you know he keeps he keeps breaking these yeah, three yeah. point records. Constantly. Right? Yeah, yeah. So what if we uh, just go for podcast records? Just every time. Just it has every to be time, longer. go for something. So even if it's like seven hours, then we make it like seven hours in one second, and then seven hours. Seven hours. I mean, just, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can afford me for that <laughs> long, but. <laughs> well, you know, I got an extra room at the house. Yeah, extra room. <laughs> I mean, and I guess, I guess, I guess it, it all depends on how close it. I mean, you know, could it just be, you know, you, you take a turn, you know? That'd be a fun thing to do at Comic Con, where what we do is instead of having just one guest, we just go for the world record long podcast and just get guests rotating in and out and just have it be like a, like a long marathon thing. You know, now we're just shooting ideas. But okay, so you talked about what was interesting about like the uh, evolution thing. So you got into journalism in like the early early nineties, give or take. And, and yeah, you know, so I had a I guess what you call like a gap two years. I guess you'd call it now. Okay. But it was after I failed out of college the first time. Okay, so you failed out. Of, okay, so that's an interesting thing in itself. You failed out of college. You see, I needed a gap year. Right. But I wasn't Malia Obama, and it was 1988. Okay. So you didn't have a gap year. You know, you just kind of, <laughs> either your parents told you to go to college, and you said, I didn't want, I don't want, I don't want, yeah. I don't want, I want to take a year off. I want to do something. I want yeah. to get a job. I, I took that year off. That did the, those miracles for me. So, you know, um, then I just had to, you know, keep paying for it as of, sure. uh, after that. So I just had a. I became an A student when I went back, and I still only ended up like a B average because I did so horribly yeah. in the first year. But it was just, you know, I needed to uh, go crazy, and so I did, which was good. Um, and then, at, you know, soon after that, I was going to be an engineer because uh, my dad owned a construction company, and uh, I liked that kind of stuff. I, d I took physics in high school. Um, I entered an engineering competition. You know, we made like the largest electromagnet in every, any high school team had ever made at the time, you know. The little team I worked on. It was it was fun. It was um, I kind of liked that stuff. But then when I in that first year when I failed out when I was an engineering manager, I said uh, I had to take this class for engineering for professionals. And this guy came in and I was just like, man, I'm gonna fall asleep. That's what I have to do every day. Right, right. If that's your job, you know, like uh, you know, I'm not actually making anything. I'm just sitting there looking at paper. And then so I was like, oh, I'm gonna be a reporter later. You know, it was like two three years later. I really liked writing. Always liked writing, um, and I'd work for like my school paper, sure, stuff like that when I was in high school, junior high, you know, stuff like that. But uh, anyway, so just kind of you know fell into it, went into uh, community college to get a transfer scholarship because I was paying my way through college. So, um, and so I did that. So I worked at the college paper at SCC, where I met the guy that would give me my break, of course. And we can kind of come full circle if you just let me finish the story. And I'm not saying you're cutting me off, Ryan. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, anyway. really, I'm actually really. Anyway, so uh, if 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 I can pull this off, I can really do a decent story here. Uh, so go to SEC, met 
two really good um, you know, journalism professors. One was leaving, he was getting forced out, and then they had this other guy that had all this experience. He'd worked at the Republic, he'd worked at um, the Washington Times. Um, so, you know, really well-connected guy, mainly from the kind of the business side more than the editorial side, although he'd been a publisher, so he kind of did some of that. Um, went to ASU, uh, worked for the state press, and um, got to loathe uh, organizational kind of journalism and um, had a real bad experience with the newspaper and decided to just, I had enough clips and I could do it on my own or do something else. And I was young and um, really kind of got, um, I got hung out to dry by the newspaper there. I didn't really appreciate that. And it seemed like it was more like a, it was a harbinger of things to come because a lot of people I think don't understand how competitive um, the news business can be. And, um, you know, you have less people covering professional sports than you do actually playing professional sports. So when you talk about how hard it is, you know, some kid who's playing basketball and you're like, oh, you're going to make it to the NBA. Yeah, right, kid. You know, because it's like a lottery. Well, you know, you have 15 people on the Suns, but you got one person covering it every day for the Republic. Now you have these some fringe things that happen, but you really only have, you know, you have less people on camera or being a regular kind of reporter. So I ran into that at the state press realizing, you know, people were willing to torpedo, try to torpedo my career for their own benefit. And you realize that goes on in college and you're just kind of like, well, this is, the, this is what I've taken on. You know, do I really want to do this? Do I want to be fighting for everything I have and have to be that kind of person? Like, you know, sometimes like, you know, watch uh, Anchorman. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's satire on it, but it's the same thing. I mean, those people will, you know, run over your dog. Cutthroat. You know? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's 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 scary stuff. Ended up not knowing, and you know, I got my degree in history. I left journalism and was like, whatever. I'd taken most of my journalism classes. I was like a year ago away from graduating and changed tact and said, well, maybe I want to be a history professor. Maybe that's what I want to do. I can write history books. I'd rather do that than write news all sure. the time. Um, but that was, you know, with my failing out in my grades and other things and paying my own way through school, it became different. I, you know, I didn't, um, I probably could have, I went back and applied at some point to go back and, and, and do history, but I just couldn't afford it. You know, I was, I was living in, you know, substandard housing, working at a newspaper, yeah. making, you know, $22,000 a year and going and interviewing the governor during the day and, and ironing my shirts to gunfire outside because that's you know just to get the job which again the full circle back to the story was Chuck Treat you know, who I have to mention is the guy that got me my first real full-time reporting job covering a city um, for a newspaper um, I called him up one day after I graduated and I was like I gotta I gotta do something and if I'm, I'm, I'm working this job I don't like it marketing um, you know maybe I made the wrong choice leaving journalism and he goes, well, I know you, I know you can do it. And I did some consulting work at this newspaper. Um, so I'll call him up and tell him that, that I think you're the guy for the job. Um, and they had an opening. So, you know, from there, I just moved around. Um, but to go back to Chuck and what happened and then back to modern times is, you know, I, I, I kind of said to myself and when I was thanking him, you know, he said, we'll pay it back. You know, it's like, I'm sure he, he I wasn't the first person that he had mentored or that he had found somebody and given a, a first opportunity. Or helped out, yeah, yeah. You know, and so I tried to do that. I had done that once when I worked at, you know, a large 
behemoth here in town. There was a few people that I hired and was like, I know you're not able to get a job. You, you know, you're, you're doing this job you don't like, you wanna really be a reporter. You wanna be a journalist, not doing sort of marketing stuff and feeling that you're doing journalism, but you're yeah. interviewing somebody because they're paying your boss a fee. Yeah. Um, and you know, they wanna do real journalism. And, and so again, it comes around to how could I do that best, especially once I had left that, that large corporate journalism company here in town starts with a G. I guess I've mentioned it enough. I, I shouldn't just be vague. Um, you know, and I couldn't do that anymore. I was in that. I was in that place, putting out two magazines a month, um, and I could give people a leg up. But it was the same sort of thing. Sometimes, you know, it was questionable on what the, some of the content was. So that you know, that was part of. I wanted to do it for myself, and I. How else am I going to give back? You're thinking, what opportunities do people have in this town to write the stories they want? To have journalists on the editorial staff is because, as you know, I mean, we have some young guys like yourself and Wayne, who's our you know associate managing editor. But then you know, there's Karen who helps out, um, and you know, Morgana, who's was raised around journalism. So even though she's only been doing it for like 12 years, she was thinking about it when she was 12. Right. You know, I mean, it was what she grew up with. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, we have people that have enough experience. You know, we've had some really good editors come and go. Some guys who. Um, you know, it hasn't happened so much since you've been here um, because it's been about a year, right? I mean, a little over, yeah, yeah. But you know, and before that, we, there was a, the other range of layoffs that happened. Um, you know, I got laid off early in that Great Recession, but as it happened later, when some people were still being laid off in eleven and twelve, um, I'd have people that I worked with at different times, and they'd come over and say, "Hey, I know you're doing this project. I, I want to stay active in my job hunt search." Right. So they'd come in and they you know, mentor and take on some people, write some stories for us. It kind of kept their career going. In, in whatever interim they had before something else. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, because they're all professionals who are used to making, you know, fifty, sixty thousand yeah. dollars a year and we're doing startup building what we're doing, you know, and that's our that's our payroll for the whole year. I mean sure. you know, um so it's it's one of those things where, you know, they when they want to stretch out they can come back to us. Yeah. When they're in between jobs and especially in the early on when there was still that second range of layoffs as the recession kind of settled in um you know we were kind of there for some people and we so we've had people and and, and I, I think that's the difference you know as you know you've worked for a lot of different places there's more i mean i i guess i'm just going to ask you the question um you have more editorial oversight with what we do right i mean people checking your your well yeah and, and not only just that but but just the the inclusion in the process because I'm not technically like an editor, like I don't edit copy most of the time, mostly because that is a terrible failing of mine. But 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 don't sell yourself short. No, but but I know where my strengths are, and I'm not like a, you know I'm not like an I probably would not be like a great like editor. Like Wayne is very good. Like when Wayne edits my copy, like he makes things better. He missed like he is the best editor I've worked with personally. Like he gets me, and but so I know that I, it's not really my strength. But point being, like I'm included. Like there are times where like you know even for the best companies I've worked for. You know, I send the copy off, and then all of a sudden they send me a link, and it's up. You know, and it's like, oh wow, that was crazy how that. You know, or I have no idea what the process is. I have no idea what's going on. I have no, you know, I just don't get any word or inclusion or, you know, here it's like very. This is what's going on. This is, you know, it's nice that we get like this because it helps. It helps know what to pitch, how to pitch, where the tone is, what we're doing. You know, and it, it, you know, and I get that like bigger companies or other companies just have other stuff going on, but include your writers in the process. Like, you know, it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's crucial and I you know I, 
I think that's one of the things though that kind of you know differentiates us at times and we've kind of we can't it's been good at that we get a lot of people say hey I write for all these websites I want to write for you and so we say okay you know give us a pitch or here you know and, and some people go well tell me you know I I, I, I don't want to be dismissed because you know because you don't like my pitch or, yeah because you don't like my idea you know give me give me something an idea of what you're into yeah you know and and, and then that, and that's fine but we end up I think that you know some you know I don't, it doesn't happen in your case so much because I think you know you'd like to be um, you know we allow you to kind of do some more interviews that that maybe don't fit a certain niche and then to kind of just jump back real quick to what we were talking about you know a point that I, I wasn't able to make before was how we've gotten so niched in the publications that happen online I think everybody's got to be either are are you this kind of blog or are you this kind of thing yeah and it becomes so segmented that it's then it's hard to also gain that larger audience to make that money you know you talk about a quarter million just to keep the lights on yeah you know but and so I you know, you have these people that then they fall into that niche where they get certain things written, but it also, it makes the content different. Yeah. And and, and they're kind of self-edited. Um, things get put up. Because um, it's all about quick, quick, quick. You, know, you talk about like the Bleacher Report thing too. Oh, you know, it's just totally just, you know, people read it sort of, but you know, it's just other people reading it. But Bleacher know? Report too, famously like, you know, they're one of the biggest sports websites out there, and they don't pay anybody that works there. Oh, you know, and they have changed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, but, yeah. And they're trying to get to a more professional model, and they have yeah. some other people that write, you know, newsy kind of things that aren't just the, you know, but that's where they made their money. Yeah. And, it, and it's where almost anybody can be a writer, but you're not going to make any money off of it. I mean, we know outlets in town here that pay $5 a blog. Yeah, or you know, guy, that's how I got started was 5 bucks a pop. You know, and it's, you know just, and it's just you know if you find the right people and and I think that's where like what I was get, you know getting at before is when you have we have people come in and they say they can write things and they've done things for other places and then we say okay this is the story and we want you to have at least these kinds of things done and you have to talk to these certain sources or you can't just make these wild accusations they have to be at least sourced in certain ways yeah, you have yeah to, for sure you have to have things put together you have to have credible reasons you're not just talking um, it's not just stream of consciousness. It's not like your blog. Yeah, because stream of consciousness doesn't really work anymore. Like, nobody cares what you think. Really. Yeah, yeah, nobody like, I, I, I really hate having to tell people that sometimes. You know, it's no, not, but, but it's true. And I even know that. Nobody like, cares what you think. Like, it, it's more important to not do, like, like if you're going to do an opinion piece, like, right. it still needs to be like an op-ed now. You need to be educating somebody about something. Because you've called me out for that before, and I think it it actually is effective where you're like, nobody cares what you think, Ryan. And I'm like, and sometimes it's just rewording it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, you know, you know, because I just see it. I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just my old point of view. It's just, but I mean, I'm glad that you agree that it, that it has, um, it, that it's helped because, um, writing in first person is very difficult. Oh, you know, it's yeah. very easy to do to get something out, but it's very hard to do for it to be effective. Effective, effective, absolutely, because then it becomes about, oh, this is the one, what that one person thinks. Like, especially if you're not, like, a name. Like, if you're a name, people might care, but, like, because, like, there's certain, like, you know, Andrew WK or, like, Henry Rollins have, like, columns that they get to do for certain, you know, and that's great because people know them and, and they care, but, like, 
Like if I am just, you, you know, aren't those people just sheep anyway? Then I guess so. Yeah, I mean, if you, <laughs> I guess so. But but also just because that those people have other art that they've done that people have learned to trust. Sort of their, you know, I, I guess I just whatever your but put being like okay, fine, sheep, not sheep, whatever they. <laughs> They, they at least have some, they have some sort of reference of a body of work that people can sort of, you know, know them from. Whereas me, you know, I've written a lot of stuff, but nobody associates me with anything. They just see the work and it's whatever. Yeah, it's like we're still the messenger. We're still the messenger. So me, story. So, so if I go out and say, I, me, this, whatever, like it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't like that band thing I did earlier this year with the five bands from Phoenix that I've shot to shout out to Jared in the Mill, who is actually about to for real actually do it. Jared in the Mill. Jared in the Mill is about to really break. And so I, but, but it was more about, cause you initially said like, look, you can't make this about what you think. And I, and it really turned into more of like, okay, these are not the bands I like the most. These are the bands that on paper have reasons that are citable that in music is still opinionated to some degree, but these did it turned out to be like, okay, the, look, these are the reasons that these guys, I'm not saying they're the best. These are the ones that are, gonna possibly get the hell out of here for this reason yeah i mean you know and it made it a better piece it made me rethink it yeah if you can try to put it's it's hard for a writer to do it because they're writing it absolutely but you know i mean as an editor the best editors i've ever seen are the ones that are so separated from the writing mm -hmm. um, because that, you can't be you need to be detached from it yeah and they really can it. read it like you're just a reader yeah but you know again we're coming back to the whole perspective thing and that's the hardest part i think about being an editor is knowing that the writer's point of view is just as valid as yours. Yeah. And, and, uh, the worst editors throw that out. They don't care. Yeah. Or they yeah. just go, I don't write it this way. Yeah. And they, and they <laughs> dismiss or they dismiss your like idea because it's not what they would have, you know, you gotta, or something they don't understand. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I mean, and, and I know that everybody has their own definition on when journalism or viewpoint writing or op-ed pieces become creative. You know, yeah. and how you take that. I mean, obviously, God, there's certain line, there's yeah. certain kind of very strict hard news writing where you know when you're doing it like the Yuli piece or a lot of stuff that you see in daily news. It is statements, facts, statements, facts. Yeah, you know, and, like, but yeah. then everything else, you know, and and you know, it, my son is nine, you know, um, so he's learning grammar. Right. He's not nine yet. He will be nine. He's learning grammar, so we're reading right now, or he's reading, and and we make him read a lot because of it. it's good. My parents didn't, and I wish they did. I like to, you know. Yeah. I, I know sometimes he hates it, but he really likes. He gets into books now. Yeah, so it's a good thing. Anyway, so there's always one book that, that me and his mom are reading to him. That's kind of the deal, you know. It's you know, you don't have to read this book. You know, we're we'll read this one to you. So Charlotte's Web is what we're reading right now to him, and. So there was a sentence that was in there, and it was you know like almost a whole page. It was one sentence, and it was supposed to describe how there was a lot of stuff in the dump. Right. The rat was going to go get this stuff out of the dump. And it was supposed to say there's tin cans and blah, 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 you know, just went on and on. Yeah. And he, it was obviously a run-on sentence. So I'm reading it, and uh, you know he's laughing because I could barely hold my breath through the whole sentence. Because and that's the crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. the point, you know. I mean, if you read things like that, and so then I decide to explain to him what, what kind of sentence it is and you know, try to use them as learning tools. But then in my mind, I'm thinking about how I write, you know, because, you know, it, you should be doing that as a good writer. Everything you read, you should be 
taking things from constant it. reflection and sort of yeah, yeah it yeah, makes yeah, you yeah. better you know i mean and and sometimes you go that stinks i don't like that and and whether that's true or not you know whether it really stinks but it stinks for you because that's it's not what you i, I my, how you have to write it's my battle with reviews all the time like how i feel about like movie reviews and stuff is where like because i've done a few movie reviews for us and they're pretty short and yeah. sweet and to the point whereas like a lot of times like you get like these intense and I and I don't really because I feel like and it's an unsexy way to describe it, but I feel like if you're going to review something, you're trying the whole point of a review. If you go back to like the days when newspapers were, you know, like when you just get USA Today and that was your one like movie review, if you were going to decide to go see like Jurassic Park or whatever, like right, it's right. It, you were trying to help a consumer make an informed decision on how to spend their money. Right. So you don't need to spend a thousand words giving a very detailed plot synopsis of things that they know that they'll go see like you need you're sort of just doing your best to sort of compare and explain right. to help them understand if this is something that might be for them right. which is most people do not do that with reviews or anything anymore so it's like I you know like that's like I read something and I'm like it stinks but it not maybe it doesn't stink it's just because it's not how I would do it Right. Yeah, but you know, but you have to think about that. Yeah, but it's not reaching me, you know. And I think yeah, yeah. I think that that's a you know a little bit of truth to every opinion, is that you know because it's not reaching you, it's not reaching somebody else too. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and 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 that doesn't mean it's not not reaching everybody. Whatever that double negative yeah. actually meant, right. it's it's still probably reaching somebody. But it, it, if it's not reaching you, then it's not reaching somebody else, and then you gotta kind of wonder how many other people's it not reaching. But it also means too that it also can provoke the counterpoint. Like for you, even if you don't agree with the writing, it will make you think more about the counterpoint that you right. do. You know, so like it does. And those are, I think, the better. Like like I wrote an op-ed recently about like how I feel like Nintendo should abandon gaming consoles. You know, and mm -hmm. just focus on licensing their 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 games. And I had a lot of people that were like, because they feel so nostalgically about Nintendo, they're like they like got irate about like. No, that's. But I actually liked that those people were like. I was like, yes, because I, you know, even if they're upset with what I said or thought or whatever, it, it, it inspired them to think about it more. You know, mm -hmm. and so that doesn't bother me. It's just when people like senselessly, you know, come at you or whatever. It's rare, right. you know. But but anyway, but it's but it's like that's an issue because I never thought about that. Like you know, it either if they're not agreeing with you in a way that they're still responding to the writing. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, you know. Sometimes the best things to write are to be honest, you know, and, and that's one of the things that when we used to have some folks do more music reviews, yeah. they would go to shows, you know, the the marching orders were always, well, if the show sucked, say it. Yeah. You know, and that's been, you know, one of the better stories that we've ever had. Um, just for regular traffic is because, you know, somebody finally said something against somebody, you know, somebody finally said, hey, this big famous person kind of stinks, you know, and I was actually at that show and that show kind of stunk. Yeah. You know, and this person kind of doesn't have it anymore. And and sometimes, you know, you know, the truth is the truth. And, uh, you know, but or people are like afraid to say it. Or, you yeah, know, yeah. You know, I mean, and going back to like writing styles, you know, and we'll leave, I, th I, I think being, you know, we consider ourselves modern times, and I think that's a that's a that's also a flag we carry. I mean, it's it's somewhat, you know, comes from, you know, the Chaplin modern times, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he kind of looked, you know, for there was different. It was one of the first real futuristic kind of films at the time, kind of you know to depict the way that. You well, know, so it oddly holds up. Like if you watch it, it really does sort of oddly hold up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there wouldn't be, you know, yeah. cocaine use in a movie for another. <laughs> 40 years sure, after Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, the first time I saw it, I was just like, really? Yeah, what a... 
I thought Cheech and Chong did that. What a blessed milestone that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, well, it's a, it's, you know, we'll get back to that, but it's like, you know, you look back and you look forward. And I think that's really what you, how you, you know, exist as a modern person, right. as a modern society. You're as much a, a, a product of what came before you as you are a developing product of what is transpiring in front of you. You know, so learn from the past, live in the present, plan for the future. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and and that is really what it is to be modern. Yeah. Really, you know, is to kind of know all those things, and so you know, I think that that's sort of what you know, what 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 Chaplin was saying, and just kind of identifying, and and not understanding the different things that have gone on in the past. I think is a mistake. You know, and as much as we want to look forward, you know, people who don't look back or who don't read or you know, decide that, you know, everything can be consumed video wise or in a little Facebook or just a headline. Blurb. They just read the headline and they think or they read got the it. Facebook yeah, yeah. thing, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the 150 words or whatever. And the headline, and they think that they've read news, you know, or they think they've had some kind of, you know, deep thought into something, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and so, but that takes time too. And the modern world has taken that time away from us, which is, you know, part of also what, you know, even that film was about, and what we kind of, you know, take that forward. You know, it's one of the earliest, you know, dreams I ever had, I think, was, you know, of, of Chaplin in modern times and he went through that machine. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just kind of always, you know, stuck with me. Um, but to get to looking back at that and also looking at what newspapers were at the time. And, you know, even in that movie, he's talking about, you know, communism in the United States where people don't understand really what happened in, uh, you know, the 10s and 20s and yeah. the way that this, this world in this country changed I mean there wouldn't have been a new deal there wouldn't have been um, social security without really I mean there was almost a communist governor in California yeah you know? yeah I mean they were going to go to a 30-hour work week you know at some point it was you know you know wanting to industrialization was happening happening people were leaving their farms and it was very hard for people to kind of you know adapt I know that you know, society has changed um, but but again looking back is as good as you can do you know talking about that there was um that there was a cocaine scene in modern times we talk about, it was that the fact that how many people would even think that cocaine was an issue or that Chaplin would put it in his movie. In, yeah, for sure. Know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, you think of it as a modern thing, so then you realize how long this has been in our society. Well, yeah. You know, like when you talk about the drug war or whatever, you know, if you look back far enough, you really find out that, you know, these things have been here. And just the last little to wrap that whole thing up is, we also look that way when we go back to our copy and the way people can write things. And that, you know, one of the things I did when I was in school is that to go back to more of an interpretive news style. There was a time where things changed in the 50s and 40s to more of what we consider hard news, where it's all impartial and it's all done that way. If you go back and look at old newspapers in, in archives or in microfilm, you know, a lot of the stuff wasn't written that way. You know, people would come in and people would write their opinion. They'd say it was a rousing event. You know, like people yeah. would stood up and cheered. Like you couldn't do that kind of thing. Yeah, they'd today. have to sort of explain and describe, but also... You the, know, it, it doesn't diminish it. And I think, you know, as we've evolved, it became very... You know, and I, I went to a, a, a newspaper thing when I was still at, um, when I was still with the news editor in Sierra Vista, and I know we're... You know. Oh, no, I, you know, the only thing I'm concerned about is the amount of room on the memory card. That is literally the only... No technical difficulty no allowed technical on this podcast. No technical allowed on the podcast. So I came up to this um, this news seminar thing up here at the, it was at the, what is now the 
whatever, Channel 12 building, but it was before, Oh, yeah, yeah, downtown, yeah. It was before, it was right after Gannett had bought um, them, and I was still working um, as a news editor in Sierra Vista, and they came up there and showed it to these two pictures. They said, <laughs> it was done by, uh, the, AP, the AP put on this, this, this seminar, so it was like people from the Republic, people from some independent newspapers, people from the Daily Star, and... They they put up this you know it was like a overhead because it was still you know two thousand three I think yeah so overhead, overhead projector with the light and wasn't a, yeah it wasn't a, 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 a burn your hand on the bulb yeah it wasn't a projector yet it was an overhead projector yeah yeah it was transparencies transparencies yeah and yep. so he puts it on there and he shows the old newspaper guy was you know the guy that you would see in old movies with a little press thing in his hat and he'd have a bottle of liquor sticking out of his back pocket and you know like some tweed jacket you know, yeah the girls underwear out of one pocket yeah, and, yeah. you know smoking a cigarette and, and then they showed the journalist of today seriously and next to it and it was like it went from some guy to some like yuppie lady and she was all like you know saying you know she had like her cell phone in her pocket which is still kind of new at the time and she was like you know it said mommy duties you know she was going to do it all you know it was like Jesus you know then yeah. and at first I was thinking that this guy was going to talk about how you have to need to be a blend of these two. You know, like you don't want to be this extreme yeah. and you don't want to be that extreme. You want to, you know, but no, he was, he was there to tell you how that guy was like the wrong way and to be this totally. this is the right way. And, you know, and this yeah. is the right way to be, to be like the Yale educated, you know, like the, Jesus you know, God. the real, like your own, your own non, um, yeah. you know, and there was no diversity. I mean, was, you know, newsrooms are, are chronically not diverse and, um, yeah, see, then, I never had that experience. And definitely in thought, you know. I mean, when you get up, I mean, at least it, that, that, that's the way it was. So I think, like, when you look back at that, the newspapers and, and, and magazines, too, there's just ideas change, especially in this town. I mean, you have the New Times, which does its thing, yeah, which Phoenix is, is unique. People that don't live here, if you are listening, like, Phoenix is a very unique... Like, the way that Phoenix became a city feels like it sort of bleeds over into everything that ever happens here. Like, just that attitude of, like, the only reason that people live here is because central cooling became affordable and houses sprang up. And, you know, like, it's like you know, like a weird, like, the, this city exists for, like, a weird reason. And I feel like it sort of affects every, like, industry here, business, like bands music everything is strange like so like, like you're saying like the publishing is its yeah. own thing out here like the way that it is and yeah and there's no real uh you know for a city of four million more than four million huge city yeah you know i mean you know there's some magazines that are around here in town that i mean they do what they do but you know we you know that they're basically play, you know pay to play for the most part i mean yeah. they're writing or they're all kind of fluff pieces that kind of do anything they never do anything um uh, you know challenging or critical you know they don't they don't ever think any you know everything's either positive or paid yeah or it's also like you know i mean like you know there's a magazine in town that will rename name remain nameless however you know once you give away you know they do the top doctors issue sure you know once you throw that out there people can look it up but you know it's it's if a doctor doesn't pay to be in there, that doctor's not the top doctor. Uh, yeah, but okay. I mean, it's... it's you know, and I worked for a, a challenger to that for a time. And they would be like, we got our doc, top doctor, which is not here anymore. Our top doctor's got to be their top doctor. And it's all about, they mean, he made ad revenue. Yeah. You know, and then we just got assigned, you know, to write the little bios. Sure. You know, so... But that's, but that's how, you know, but it's also like the struggle to survive. Like, the problem is everybody out here that was a big player had to struggle to serve because i think the problem with a lot of local local hitched publications 
have, have really struggled to adapt to like you know needing page views because you're really limiting your audience because yeah, when you don't have mom and pops either it becomes different you, yeah it's hard to have a regional or a local publication it, it's because of because now the reach is different like you know yeah. you're limiting if you they if don't you, need to go to you to either to go to thousands of people yeah they can yeah. go to thousands of people in a thousand different ways to yeah play. it's a complicated thing to navigate but uh, so as we're sort of like trying to stick the landing here like i I fit ten. Yeah, okay, yeah. Nadia, hold up the signs. Nadia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what? So for people that may not be as familiar, like you know, people that might have read a story or two of ours before, if they're just listening to the show and haven't, what would you say as like your kind of like one note pitch to people to like what Modern Times is and why they should check it out versus like another publication or something like that? Oh, jeez, Ryan, you're asking me the. Standard question. I've avoided that the whole time. So, that, yeah, but I feel like to, to stick the landing, I do have to sort of... Stick my landing. What is it about modern times that you should... Why... Is it... Is it, is it yeah, yeah well, I guess... Like, like why should you, they come there and read Or I guess what, what distinguishes it? Like, what, you know, because what... What distinguishes it? Well, okay, in that, in that, like, okay, you can go to, like, three different movie websites when a movie trailer comes out, and they're going to have the same copy about the movie trailer. But, like, what is it about, like, what are people going to go to modern times and find that, like, isn't everywhere else? Like, what is... You know what I mean? Like, what is that? Because I know, like, as a writer here, it's different. Like, I, I know that, but, like... I mean, I think you're going to be surprised. I mean, I that's what I, you know... When we do stories, and the ones I'm proudest about are the ones that people wouldn't think that we'd be doing, I think. You know, and I think that we have some regular contributions, which give us the advantage of having um, the reason why people would want to come. I mean, you know, we put a lot of time and effort into our calendars. Yeah. You know? So, you know... And it's the difference between, you know, everybody goes, okay, in modern age, I, I used to do, again, I was a lifestyle editor, and I would do calendars of places. That was because I did the calendar for that area. If they wanted to read a calendar and they were in, in our audience, then they had to read ours. You know? Sure. Well, now there's thousands of other things. There's apps, there's pages, there's websites, there's Eventbrite, there's Eventful, there's, there's Facebook. Everywhere events. to go. You know? yeah, yeah. Well, then it, when any one of those ones becomes successful enough, then you have too much crap to read. Sure. As an individual person, then you go back to what editors are for, which is to go, no, this is more important than that. Yeah. Or this is neat. This is your needle in the haystack. Yeah. So... It's curation at this point is important. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. And, you, and, and you have to trust in the people that you have. And so I think, you know, being surprised, you know, to go back to your question, but then also having those regular things that you want to go yeah. to, to, to keep up. Um, you know, when, if you want to know how to kind of do something that's not just going to a movie or not just going to a show, if you want to go somewhere and think about things or talk about things like we've talked about. And I really think what we've really wanted to do with our readership is to give them different points of view and different ways to think besides information. Because you, we had talked about it before. You have to have your beacon every little well when you come to publishing you have to yeah. kind of be in print you have to have somewhat of a paywall you have to have somewhat free content you have to be selling certain things you have to be ad based you have to be subscription based you have to have everything going on well the same thing also happens with your copy I think to be successful especially when you're not going niche because we don't want to go niche because then that limits you yeah you can have sub, you know like substance web hosting or substance yeah. web production you know and that's and that exists out there where these people are just barely surviving but to get bigger than that you have have to have a bigger net 
For which sure. is why we've kind of kept that big net. So, you know, when we keep people involved, because then we tell them, we, we, we'll curate events for you to go have fun. We'll curate events for you to think about. Yeah. We'll write stories that make you think. We'll also do lighthearted things or, yeah. or human interest stories. But you won't ever know really what's going to be there besides our calendars like and, and our movie news mixtape. Yeah, which was, um, again, the know? idea of curation because it's so hard to keep up with all these ancillary details. Yeah, we've had those guys from Real to Real that have done that classic movie bit. you know. And I know people have started to come to us for some, for really, they know that if our editors know that much about classic film, that they know about regular film. And yeah. I think, you know, that's bled over. And I know that, you know, the guys that wrote, that, wrote, that, that do write that for us are do kind of our classic um, which is the real to real stuff if you David Fantel yeah. Tom Johnson no. excellent shout I mean, out to them too truly excellent who pieces. hopefully you're going to be hearing on some future podcasts yeah but no to. truly truly excellent like pieces of writing about classic film like, new, I think they're having a new book coming in, a, yeah. in another 18 months or something like that but um, I think that people come to those for those regular things but then they can be surprised because that'll be the other bit that we do yeah it's sure. really kind of stretch out so you know, I mean, we know what we are, you know, and I think that that's, and if, and if people know what we are, then, then they'll want to read us. And, and what we are is somebody who gives a curated content, but also has the, um, no ties to anybody to really think about not just running what we feel is the truth or diving into stories or issues when we need them. You know, I mean, we were, you know, you know, people can say what they want about Occupy movement, but if anybody really wants to have a any sort of a comprehensive um, idea of what happened um, to that, the only place to see it would be on our pages, just because, you know, they were made fun of by the New Times, the Republic barely covered them, and all these other magazines in town wouldn't cover that sort of thing, and it was almost like you saw it as a you know, there was, there was hundreds, if not thousands of people going into a certain spot, but you had news organizations in this town. Um, and, and it's just not what TV does. TV can't do comprehensive coverage. It can't, it just because of the way so, that it works. You, you know, and, yeah. and so I excuse them because that's their, their product. It's a different own. medium. You can't, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, but you know, the, the written medium in this town just didn't cover it and they kind of lampooned it where, you know, it was a, it's still, you don't have that happen every day. Right. You know, and so if when those stories come up again, and we like to think that you know some some other folks, and I do know that there's other news mediums that come and look at our calendars, and then they they do coverage. You know that they've right. they've taken things from us. They've you know they want you know to kind of you know we've had some writers leave us and, and go work for other places. You know sometimes at the same time and not. You know, and but that's good. You know. It means that we're doing something right. It means that we're kind of at, at the forefront. And, you know, I, I had mentioned to you that we want to be like the Atlantic Monthly of the New Yorker for this area um, to kind of stretch out from and then be as big as they could, you know, and again, sure. goals, like we've talked about, goals yeah. are goals, um, you know, and, and, you know, long term, obviously, yeah. to kind of think. But of it keeps you moving of, forward. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, to think of, of any kind of competition to them. But, you know, when I had a reader one day call up and say, say that very thing to me. We hadn't put that out there. I never really talked to anybody else about that. Um, that had just been something that I had, um, you know, told, you know, my wife or, uh, you know, other people when they were. Or you know, mostly been rolling around in your head. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and then for, to have a reader kind of mention that because we have fiction, which people don't have, yeah. you know, and, and we have a new fiction contest is probably going to be coming up yeah. soon. And the satire stuff that we do. And, you know, yeah, we kind of, you know, do a bit of the onion, you know, at the same time. Yeah. And, and we can, you know, 
apply those things. I think every news writer wants to be a creative writer at the same time too, and so to kind of give people that that outlet is. I great. used to think so. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, but how was that landing? I actually think that that Nadia. Yeah, I actually think that that sort of summed it up really well, at least from like my perspective for writing for us as long as I have. That actually is sounds exactly like what we do, and uh, yeah, I don't know. That's why I would. I mean, because I, I was reading Modern Times before I worked here, and it was funny because things, the, the quality was so good that when I actually came into the office, I was surprised, like, oh, I assumed it to be, like, a much bigger operation. You know what I mean? It was funny because I, I in my mind, I was like, this is a very legitimate, and, and you know, and I just expected there to be, like, this huge office and a bunch of people. And, and yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's part of, you know, uh, when we talk about creating a new thing. I mean, yeah. even at that time. You would come in, it would just be me or and Jeff Moses at the time. For a very short period of time. You know, but I mean, that's what it would be. and uh, But that didn't mean everybody was working for it. And, and you know, when, again, privileged to be in my mid-40s. So, as you know, we, we see each other when we need to. Sure. And we know that we, you know, and I kind of got this idea because the technology was there in that other job that I was working in. I told you I was working in this place. And when I got in the job, part of the reason that I accepted it, he told me I had unlimited personal time as long as I got my job done, which turned out to be not really the truth. He wanted me in my, in my cube every day. That's what they say, yeah, yeah. But at that point, I had, I had understood that, you know, I ended up so I could do my job anywhere. I didn't have to be in that cubicle, you know, adapting to some of the online platforms um, and the way that I could store my data. I didn't need a database in a, at, a, at an office anymore. And so, you know, I think it gives writers the freedom and, and also some of the people that do marketing and sales for us too. You know, they don't have to be in the office. It's more for, you know, for us to cheerlead or to work on things together. Yeah. You know, if you get an assignment and you got it down, there's no reason for you to be sitting here or be sitting wherever you feel like. Yeah. You know, if you want to be at the office, you can. You know, I do sometimes come in here just to like, because I do actually pretty much have my own office, to be disciplined when I need to like just stare at yeah. a wall and get right. things done. But it's nice, but it's also nice that, you know, like, you know, we do our conference calls and we do what we need to do, but, but it is nice that like I can be at home and, you know, on my couch some days if it's like, if I'm not doing something like super, you know, if I got to like transfer an interview why do I want to stare at a white wall I'd rather you know like I yeah yeah I don't know you know it, it is nice that, that you that but I think that like that atmosphere bleeds over into what we do yeah and I think it, it, it does catch some people though by surprise I mean because you know you don't really I mean you might never see Karen because like say you know Karen who, who does a lot I think for us yeah um, especially now and and kind of also doing some of the other endeavors that we get into yeah but even like Wayne I work with daily and I never see him. You, I, we cross paths here and there but yeah, yeah like, and maybe you'll talk on the phone but yeah. it's just like as long as we have that belief in the copy that's all that really matters yeah. and you know and it's from working at that other place and then also working at larger uh, operations where you would have people across the room but you would just never you would you would send your copy to, to the desk to the editor's desk but you wouldn't talk to them about it so you know that those things still exist but you needed that like technology didn't allow you to so easily send it to editors yeah desk. yeah for sure and, and even when the internet first came and you had email and you didn't have other structures that you could kind of share things like Dropbox or, you know, whatever. Google I mean, Docs is like the yeah, Evernote, whatever, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. whatever. I mean, you can, there's so many of those too, yeah, yeah. right? Different ways to share. But even, you know, when you just had email, you'd have all these formatting issues. I mean, we still run into it in Google Docs sometimes. Like when people paste Word documents or just not. Oh, God. When yeah, they don't yeah, put yeah. the Word document in Google Docs. If they don't just work in Google Docs, or if they, you know, if they copy it, formatting issues, to, yeah. you know, control C, or same thing, even copying Google B. Docs to something else yeah. can be. Yeah, then, yeah. It, then, it, then it creates formatting issues, and, and that's that stunk in the beginning of the yeah. email age, 
Um, because before, but then, you know, I remember when we would have to type them up, when people would come in and go, here's my copy, and it would be a piece of paper. And you'd have to type, oh, God. Or you'd say, it. here's a terminal, you type it. But uh, again, you know, I, and I think that we do have a larger organization, and when we brought people in, you know, it's just like we have to bring the band together. It's like there's certain people that when we've brought things in, when, when we get new people that sometimes start, and you, you know that they expect and they, they realize that you have five people. Then you got to call everybody and go, hey, can you make it? We have this new person. Like when Karen came into town, I was like, okay, you know, if you can make it, you know, let's sure. like, you know, spend time together because we, we don't do that very yeah. often. And, and we do, and like we do make a point, I think, every once in a while, even for like, you know, where you and I will, like, even if it's been a while, we'll just like, okay, I think we just need to be in the same room together. Or let's, you know, do the infamous lunch. Yeah, lunch. Or, but just literally to sort of get... No, I'm serious. I think yeah. we should go do lunch. Yeah, but, but like we did like that... After this sure, podcast. I agree. But because... Yeah, I'm trying I, to help it, No, I agree. But, it's about, but, but we did like a lunch a, a week or two ago and that actually really helped, you know, because we hadn't been in a room together yeah. in a while and it helped us both like really, oh yeah, we were just both coming from, you know, it's just nice to... I had a bad day. It, so did I. But yeah, no, I had a bad view. But, 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 you know, and then we... I needed a Ryan. But then we both but... sort of like shook the rust off and we're like, oh yeah, we're fine. You know, and it just sort of, you know... We needed hugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that, I think that's actually like the great, and now that we're just sort of talking about, hey, we're going to go to because that's what's great. Like, you're my boss, but like we are, I consider you like a friend and a mentor now, and you have given me like every opportunity right. in the world. Well, like I got to interview my heroes because of this job, and I get to do things that are great, you know, that for the rest of my life, like things that I'll look back on and be like, because of this job and because, you know, and so, but that's the other thing too. Like, okay, so you've given yours, so that's like from my side of this, yeah, like yeah. where like that's what's amazing about this is like, you know, you know, you guys might see like, okay, right. You know, if you even care about my byline, but you know, that there was like a Q and A with part of the family. Yeah. But there was like a Q and A with like, you know, Chris Harvick or whatever. Like people have no idea what that like was to me, you know, like in, in the, in the behind the scenes, like, and the fact that I was afforded that opportunity, like, you know, I just threw it out to you like as a, what if, and it happened, you know, and it's yeah. like, and it's crazy, but it happened, you know? And, and so that's like the other flip side of the coin is like, you know, yeah, and it's all back to thanking Chuck, and like we talked about, yeah. I mean, giving giving people the opportunity to do things like that. Yeah. I mean, I feel lucky, you know. Yeah. Because, I mean, on a wing and a prayer, I don't know how many people would just be like, "God, you're gonna take that on? How much money you have?" <laughs> I'm just like, hey, you know, yeah. it's like, I feel like Kevin Costner, you know, yeah. if you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will and, come. And yeah. you know, I mean, but that's that's so true. I mean, because like you're now saying at this point, going. You know, it seemed like a larger, you know, operation, and we still do. You know, and we've managed to make this. And like, you know, like I said, when I was working in that other job, that last real job I had before we launched this thing was, we don't have to do this. We can, and we really are where we wanted to be. I mean, I, it's it's been, you know, five years, I guess, really till we kind of got out of beta and really had things going. Yeah. Well, it has felt like the last like six months, things really clicked into like, I think so too. Like, like, like cause, cause it was, cause like, you know, it just, we all found our niche and then we just started like, you know, you know like, you know, I, I've done some, you know, business to business writing and I'm really a student of history and I love the history channel. I don't know if you saw that thing on the tycoons and they talk about entrepreneurs or people who just don't give up. It's like, you know, part of the reason why they say, you know, 80% of businesses fail within the first year is because it's very hard and it's hard. You know, you have pressure from people, you have pressure from yourself, financial you know? pressure, yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, and it's just kind of out there and you're going, you know, 
God, do I, you know, do I keep doing this? Yeah, you and, know? and in the modern landscape, it is like a certain type of person. Like again, it was three years ago, like the inciting incident. Mm-hmm. Like I was about to start journalism school, and you know, I I knew that I had a job coming up at the school paper in August, and and my uncle died like young and like you know younger than he should have. And he was always like very encouraging to me, and and I was working customer service, and I hated it. And that was like the incident where I was like, okay, well. I could go outside and get hit by a bus, and I'm tired of not doing what I want with my life. So I'm just going to go ahead and take this foolish jump and yeah, run down your dreams. And, and 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 you know, it's been three years now, and I'm finally to a point where you know I'm making enough money where I'm not like freaking out. Destitute. Over, destitute. Well, by most people's standards, it's still destitute, but not you know. But but you gotta pay your dues. But but you know, and I did, and you know, three years now later, I get to do cool stuff, and it's great. And but it's a certain type of person to just say. I'm going to just quit my job not having anything necessarily lined up and just sort of like... You know, and Ryan, to your credit, I have to tell you, I mean, and that's one of the things that I, I do admire about you, too. I mean, you can say I'm your boss or whatever, yeah. but, you know, I admire... It's just because I've done this, um, and I had at least the ability to kind of take some of my hard-earned savings and just kind of right. throw it in on the early days. Let's save it. <laughs> that's, well, that's what it was. Yeah, no, no, I just mean for me, it's like, oh, that's funny, it's a funny yeah, word. Oh, yeah, right. What a funny word, <laughs> savings. Savings. Yeah, yeah, that's... This is 2016, yeah. Americans don't save. Yeah, like, I'm like, that's funny to hear. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when I broke in, I had to find the guy who would give me the, the crummy job so I could live in the ghetto. <laughs> Right. And and work my you know work seventy hours a week work your beat for you know that. for twenty two thousand dollars a year you know I mean I think my first professional job I was making nineteen yeah. you know I mean of course this is also you know nineteen ninety seven yeah. so but now it's a different dynamic and 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 you you know you go okay hell be damned you know I'm 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 gonna go through this and you found the right things to latch on to and you make your way but it's still the same path it's still the hey pay your dues work hard write these pieces spend this time build these clips build this experience build these connections it is weird how similar it must be but but it's different you know it's different but you're right though because i just you just have to have more of it because there's more it's like the money's more spread out it's like you would have to find that one or two one job that there was yeah. and it was harder back then at least now you have some blog things I know there's certain things that you know and you have lots of clients yeah some you love more than a others. handful the nature yeah, of yeah. the nature of everything you're always going to like one thing just so more. people know like if you want to get into writing you have to for the most part these days you're never going to just work for like one you can just to make a living you're going to have to it's very difficult it's very you know but like I found a way but you're going to have to work for you know unless you go I mean because I didn't initially take the whole you know bachelor's degree grind it out at a yeah you know because like because my thing is like I don't I didn't want to work at an old school newspaper because that wasn't going to be viable in 10 years you know, so like, so that's, you know, I mean, that's arguable. Yeah, I feel concerned about, you know, where that stuff's going. But point being, you know, it's like, just know that if you want, this is something you want to get into, be prepared to just have a bunch of different things okay. and a bunch of different, you know, a bunch of different fingers and a bunch of different pots. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's real competitive for those few jobs. But what's weird is they have Ivy Leaguers at Yale and you got somebody, I mean, ASU's got a credible journalism school, especially they do. on it's air Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you got somebody from Harvard, Yale, Columbia. You know, I mean, their journalism school keeps pumping out people. Yeah. They got to go somewhere. You know, I mean, do you think anybody on CNN, it's rare they don't go to Ivy League school. Yeah, for sure. You know, 
or else they're on headline news. You know? But that was kind of not really what I wanted to do. Like right. I got to journal, but it, but like what those I those are the jobs that pay. Those are the jobs that you can, you know, go on vacation. Yeah, for sure. But but I was <laughs> I more, mean, for so long I didn't take a vacation just because yeah. the jobs in writing didn't let you. Well, not only that, <laughs> I want to go camping. That's my problem with the vacation now because I have so many different clients. Like taking any time off, it's. But, but the luckily, point, I'm a naturalist. I like camping. Yeah, yeah. I actually just went camping last weekend. Yeah, it's it's lovely. Yeah, it's nice. But but so what I you know it's funny because I spent three years and the analogy I always use I'm climbing up a ladder that's on the side of a cliff, and somebody's cutting off the bottom of the ladder as I'm climbing up. So I never get time to look back and see how far I've climbed. So recently, I've been sort of just to fill in gaps in my schedule. You know, send out a resume and some clips to people that I used to think were way out of my reach and they get back to me like, yeah, you're, you, you know, like they look at me like I'm just an equal and that's strange to me because I haven't really had time to get perspective to think, oh yeah, I guess maybe on paper I do sort of look like a legitimate, you know, and that's largely thanks to like, Ryan. Yeah, but that's largely thanks to like some of the stuff, I have like some, some of the best clips I'll ever have because of Modern Times, you know, like some of the, which is awesome, you know, which is so cool, like, you know, I can... Because a lot of things, if I do want to get in entertainment, they want to know that you can sit in a room with somebody who's and famous. And just be like, oh my God! Yeah, and, like, and I now oh have clips God. that prove that I can do that, you know, and like, and that I could choke it down and, you know. I know we're going way over time. We, I, no, I don't. One more question I want to ask yeah, you. Yeah, go for it. Well, like we talked about, we, we sort of talked about the guys who write blogs and famous people. And, sure. And then we're kind of going into the same kind of subject matter with that somebody who does entertainment could yeah. go into an interview like like you with Chris yeah. Hardwick and, and not just be like, Oh my God, you're Chris Hardwick. Can I, you know? Yeah, I think real. This is, yeah, because this. And, but where do you think that lies with you know that 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 feeling that people are? Because the more I did famous people, the more I got to know politicians or or or, or famous people, um, the more I realized that you know putting any further stock into what they say than anybody else is just as foolhardy. And 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 also as much as you think you know them. You don't. You don't. You I know? couldn't agree with that more. Yeah. You know, and so like, you know, because that's, you know, where it kind of comes up where you were saying earlier. Yeah. People say, oh, I, I've gotten to know your art or I've gotten to know your work. So I yeah. feel like I know you. So like, like if moving, when Cher says, well, I'm moving to Jupiter if Trump is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, shouldn't you not not like Trump? Another double negative. That's yeah, horrible. Yeah. Okay. So so okay. So what do you so you, so what I'm you asking to, you? Yeah. So what are you trying to ask? That like I don't quite understand I mean, the question. Do you have that feeling that that that's still a prevalent way to to connect with readers to kind of give you know famous people like throw famous things out there because I well really here's what I think here's what I think about it and kind like, of cult of personality thing. Okay. It goes back to the very beginning before I hit record. You asked. What should we talk? I said, and my whole theory as an interviewer is that, okay, most people, if they're going to interview somebody, they know it's going to be like a 300 and 400 word column or whatever. They're going to ask them three questions. I take as much time as I can steal. And, sure. and, and instead of saying, okay, here's my first question, I just sort of, how's your day? You know, and it's more about like, because I feel like, okay, no matter, the only reason I'm able to choke it down is because I understand their people. Regardless of how famous or whatever they've done, I understand their people. So my whole thing is always what the human element is and who... And I feel like I've been lucky that everyone I talked to has been a real good person. You know, like Chris Harvick was, for people that don't know, right. like, people that might think he's fake, and but he really is like the nicest. Yeah. And that's who he, you know, like from every bit I got. But so what I think is, is that because these people are prevalent and they do things, 
people care, but what I think you need to do is find a way to not, like they don't care about the standard three or four questions that somebody might ask. I think that is a much less viable thing than it used to be, like what you're talking about. Right. So what I think is you need to sort of get, peel the layers back and, and like speaking, I think podcasting is done that for people because people get used to, now you can get more interesting stuff out of somebody. You know, you might hear like, you know, like Rob Reiner talk about something that he never talked about because, you know, but instead of talking about, the, instead of talking about, you know, this was the joke about Spinal Tap for the hundredth time. So I guess that's, I don't know if I've answered your question, but I think it gets more to, you need to get more creative about how, yeah. you know, you talk to these people and what the angle is on these people, because I find it fascinating, but only because of the human element and because, you know, if they're a writer or if they've accomplished something that I identify with, you know, I want to know. There's something interesting. Everybody's interesting. Yeah, you know, it's that yeah. weirdness with fame, you know, I yeah. mean, because, you know, you have that, you know, I, I just wanted to always be careful because you have that feeling that you know that they're people. But in this business that we are in, sure. you know, it's, it is about people reading it and, and it always will be. I mean, because that's what it started as. I mean, that's why people bought advertising and things because they yeah. wanted to read what was in the newspaper. Yeah. And so that they knew that they had got their eyeballs. And, and, and usually famous or, or powerful people usually are the people that get written about. Get, yeah, yeah, you know? sure. and, and so, and there is that common connection. And that's why more people will read it than reading about, you know, Sammy the plumber. I mean, who right. wants to know that Sammy likes the Detroit Lions? Yeah, it doesn't. And paints his toenails. It, isn't, isn't, I mean, it doesn't have the same hook, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, so... I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things that I always kind of just... Go back and forth on. Yeah, I, I think it's important. I think it kind of puts us where we are as a as a group of people yeah, living but I, together. But I think, too, if people want to know how I feel about this, the best piece to know how I feel about like the famous pe person thing is that piece I just wrote about the short film from the Phoenix Film Festival because it was a nobody director and a very famous Hollywood screenwriter right. worked on this thing together. And the way that that piece came together sort of explains exactly how I feel, because if I just talked to the screenwriter, whatever, but like it was this really interesting yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, that was a good piece. And I think that, that, but the way that that piece shakes out is exactly how I feel about it. Like that's how I feel, because Doctor Strange to me is like, what, like the, the like aside, Spider-Man's always been my favorite, but Doctor Strange was like that. And so for me, like I got this opportunity to interview the guy who's gonna bring that to life for me. But I, but right. I, and so instead of berating him about that, I still was able to be like, okay, what's the hook here and what's the angle, you know? Because nobody cares. He's gonna give the same PR answer about, oh, this is you know about Doctor Shoe. So so that to me is what I think is like this more interesting that this guy takes time out of his busy schedule and says, fine, I'm gonna write a short film for this kid because he asked. Yeah. yeah. Literally, that's why because he asked. Yeah, but again, you know, he's not. I mean, he's not real celebrity, like in life. No, no. So, but but he's but he's very successful. And sure. very, you know, very. So that's what I mean. But just his name alone won't get you. No, it's maybe like not his name, but he's or, still, but he's yeah. still, you know, like a, a like a name, you know, and and again, he's got Doctor Strange behind him. You know, he's got he's working for Marvel Studios. He's working for the biggest name in the business right now. So that's you know maybe his name isn't, but the name he's working for is. You know, so but that's what I'm saying is that you know. Did you see that little Twitter thing where. Uh, Ricky Gervais and uh, and Jay Z were listening to Beyonce's uh, Lemonade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. It's like the weird. I've watched it like three times. And I'm just like, there's Jay Z in these big Urkel glasses. He looks like a bald Urkel. Yeah. You know, bobbing his head, and there's Ricky Gervais. Looks like he's bite, literally biting his lower lip. Yeah, his yeah. Little head bob. I mean, it's just funny, you know, how how celebrity brings people together. Like, you know, if if they were both plumbers. 
Nobody would care. I yeah. don't think they'd hang out. You're you're right. It's it is. No, it is. I mean it's fine. No, I mean, but it is peculiar. I don't have anything against. It's a peculiar favorite. thing. It, but I know. But but it's fine. I know what you're saying because in the modern landscape, like. It is. Does it have the same polar effect that it used to, and does that matter as much? Yeah, yeah. I know. I really think it does, especially with people's, you know, little, or even more so. You know, I think that yeah. you know, people are even more sucked in. I mean, I hate to, you know, you know, the rise of of, of television um, and and radio. I mean, really changed, made made things so much. I mean, you would say that you'd have famous people, you know, with 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 the old newspaper only industry. Sure. But until there was radio and you had like, you know, Little Orphan Annie and Dick Tracy, I mean, those things were phenomenal where, you know, you have millions of people and you talk about mass media. Well, especially with three channels. And the internet is the biggest mass media. Yeah. And, you know, and so you can though, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, there's more diversity. We talk about niches. Yeah. You know, so there's more small little groups being talked to. And so that they, they feed, they feed, they feed on their own little thing and things kind of simmer and people are able to have that sustenance existence uh, either being famous or or writing about it or whatever but then you you can because of the way that it now reaches the world so easily and they're not networks necessarily and you can you're not you're not just in montana and you you have bad reception so you don't get right. to see the lucy show so you know you don't even sure. really know who lucy Ball is um but so when things can hit big they can hit even bigger yeah absolutely you know, so then you have even again we go back to the haves and have nots so you have the either bigger even bigger haves than you ever had before because yeah. you can be on tv potentially i mean you know you talk about you know elvis's appearance and the beatles appearance on ed sullivan right well nowadays you know people can sit there and watch their famous their their favorite pop stars they release their stuff live to everybody and you can watch it all day yeah you know and, and you know so that kind of connection and that's why when things get big like you know obviously Beyonce is the biggest thing around yeah right you know and you have all you know whatever else you have going on um, those things can get gigantic and, and where, where that lays with with what we all want to do I think, and how things get perpetuated. You know, there's only so many dollars to go around. Yeah, that's the main thing. And there's only so much like, you know, where when the entertainment writing specifically, you know, you have 200 movie websites, probably prolific-ish movie websites that are going to write about the same damn thing. And like, what is it? You know, that's where I struggle with it is like, none of them are offering a unique taker. They're just pouring out the same information and fighting for the limited amount of eyeballs that there are for the content. You know, right. it's like that's, and that's what's interesting is like, you know, the potential audience is tremendous, but the, maybe the- Yeah, and, and it still has limited your outlet. So like, yeah. say like today, it's still the internet or it's still like YouTube. So even the smaller underground, because then it says, well, how do you have something rise up? Because the best things that have always happened in this world since the you know beginning of time, as far as, my knowledge of history is is when new things come about. Yeah. When you don't just keep eating on yourself almost to the yeah. certain level. I mean, and we can have that whole it can be a whole nother conversation. But you get to a point then where you're only going through the internet. And so you can have kids consuming just through there. So even the smaller player is trying to get through on the same platform. Now that you'll say, well that's what gave rise to Snapchat and Instagram because people don't want to be on the same platform as their parents. But they're still on the internet. It's still the same. It's the same general thing. General thing. So if, yeah, you're, for sure. if you're consuming something in one place, that means you can't be consuming it in another. Yeah. You know, and so, like you would have, where 
say, you know, 30, 40 years ago, you'd have, you know, mainstream radio or TV or things wouldn't be on things, but you could go to an alternative record store and get turned on. Well, yeah, you can do that with YouTube. You can find the smaller things, but you're, it's still, you go to YouTube and it's, you know, it's, it's the big still, boys up it's at the, the big, top. Yeah, it's still the big. Because it's all about what they make money. And we go back to what, like, the whole Zuckerberg thing. I mean, YouTube's mm -hmm. no different. You know, no, where they started yeah. out yeah. off as if you got, if you're an early adopter to Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you could have a huge following. Sure. You know, if you came in on the ground level of any of those things. Right, at the, the time, right time, right place. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, you you did awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, Mashable is a is an example of that, I think. Yeah, yeah, Mashable. Well, there's also, you know, cause I, and BuzzFeed, too, is like another uh -huh. one that, that just... You know, and, but again, they're because Facebook throttled down. I mean, not to say that they're not good public. No, they're no. I actually think BuzzFeed is it for that kind of thing is about as good as it gets. Yeah. You know, you go there, their their website isn't cluttered with ads. You get to even the ads that they have still give you content because of the way that they do. And I mean, if you're gonna, you know, list based content isn't going away, but they do it in a way that is. You know, I, I, again, if that's not what I want to do anymore, but like, the, is, if you're going to do it, hell yeah, go to BuzzFeed. I think mm -hmm. they're, you know, but yeah. The, but yeah, Mashable and, and, you know, Lisbon, there's a few places, you know, for everything that there is out there, there's somebody that's doing it really right. And then there's going to be a thousand people that try to copy it. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, uh, you know, but the growth and how you come up through yeah. that at this point yeah. because of the way Facebook's been throttled and the way YouTube is different, yeah. the way that you can get to an audience for free with a new idea yeah. or a new product. Absolutely. You know, where or some just of these being, things, or I just think quality rises. I mean, say, yeah, and you know, not to say that you know YouTube and, and Mashable and, and and Facebook were started the same way we were starting this. No. I mean, they obviously had venture capital behind them, where we don't want to do that because. We're for writers. And then you're beholden have, to something. If we have writers who want to come along and invest, I've been trying to encourage that as much as we can, to have small individual people who just want to invest in this thing. Yeah. But we don't need anybody to come and take over um, because it's just not, you know, we've had a, a, an approach or two to that. And it's just, well, I, well, I could go work for somebody else somewhere else. Yeah. We you, want everybody to feel, including you, I know you call me boss, but you still, <laughs> I like to feel, well, you know, I mean, you basically come up with your own ideas. I'm not assigning you things. No, you. you're not. And, and, but it's also like, and I, then I say to you, when do you think you can get this book? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because if we're writers writing for writers. Yeah. I, like to, for I sure. mean, we want, you know, people who don't write to read it. Yeah. But but no, I know what you mean. And but you know, I say boss because like you are my boss. Sure. But I mean, but, but it's it is, endearing. It is yeah. It's and you know, I say it to everybody. You know, it's like uh, it, because it is. It's almost funny to me because like, yeah. you do have such a good relationship. Right. And I say like boss. You know, like hey, like hey, boss. You know, like it's just funny to well, me. People but, don't know you out there. Yeah. Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. People don't know. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, so um, I I think that's a, as good a place any to to. Yeah, we gotta we gotta put these people out of their misery. Yeah, Anybody who's stuck on long and, enough. Yeah. Thank you so. Much for listening, though, because this is, this, and we're we're gonna try to keep because we the reason we did this episode is so it could be like a good reference point for people to know what we are, what we do. But the idea is we're gonna have conversations with just anybody, like we talked about earlier. This everybody's interesting. So you know, at Phoenix Comic Con coming up, we're gonna book some guests there. We can't talk about who yet, but we're working on that. Um, and that's the idea. And and uh, so thank you for listening. And please, if you're listening to the podcast and not as familiar with the website, please go to moderntimes.com. Uh, it's Modern Times Magazine. Dot com, right? Come on, Ryan. You should uh, that you're now. right. Yeah, come on. Hey, you nobody know pays. All right, one more time. Modern, Modern Times, Times Magazine. Magazine dot com. Com, all spelled out. Yeah, we're, 
Yeah. Or just search for Modern Times Magazine. Modern Times Magazine. Uh, your favorite search yeah, engine. If you, yeah, if bang you it. Call it that anymore? Yeah, yeah. Search engine. Nobody even thinks. The internet is Google to people. It's a synonymous <laughs> thing. But yeah, so, uh, and we have our Facebook page, of course. We're on Twitter. But please check everything out. Uh, and and uh, that's where we're at. And this is that's where you'll be able to get this and on iTunes as well. Hey, can I, can I try a sign-off? Hey, go for it. Do it. What? Like like maybe it might turn into my new do it. sign-off tag. Go for it. What's your sign-off tag? Let's do it. No. <laughs> now that I called you out, now that I put you on the spot. All right, well, thank oh, you. Wait, 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 no, wait. Oh, wait, you're doing it. You're doing it. I thought you said you didn't want to do it. I thought you said you didn't want to do it. Do it. He's do jumping it. the gun on me. He just wants, he's worried he's going to run out of time. Hasta la vista, baby. How about that one? Perfect. Yeah. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll, we'll see you next time.